Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI and KOST HD2. Los Angeles, Orange County. It's time for your morning wake-up call. And now... Here's Jennifer Jones Lee. Good morning. Welcome to your wake up call for a Tuesday. It's actually kind of all me out there this morning. Nice to wake up to some warmer temperatures. I'm Jennifer Jones Lee, and of course, our top story this morning it is a sixth day of fighting in Ukraine. And from what I see, the Russian military is concentrating its forces on capturing the Ukrainian city of Kiev with a 40-mile convoy that is headed toward the city. This seems uh, more intense than what we have seen before. The Walt Disney Company says it will delay the release of its films in Russia because of the invasion in Ukraine. At 5.05, we're going to talk with ABC's Aaron Kaczerski, who is in Ukraine And it seemed that the Russian forces were frustrated by their slow advance. And so that's what I'm wondering. Is this going to lead them to be more aggressive with this convoy and more overt in the scale and the size of their targeting of Kiev? So what are some of the latest fears? What's the current situation? And for the civilians right now, I am seeing over 660,000 people have fled Ukraine, most of them going to Poland. How does Poland deal with this influx? Lots to talk about with Aaron in just a few minutes. And of course, tonight at six o'clock is President Biden's State of the Union address. It's going to take place at right here on KFI. You'll hear it live at six o'clock. So much to get into. So let's do it. Russia's military assault on Ukraine has entered its sixth day and more than 70 Ukrainian soldiers were killed after Russian artillery hit a military base. But Russia's Air Force has yet to establish control of the skies. Many families who have been unable to flee the country have moved to underground subway stations and other shelters. I saw a video last night of kids in one of the subway stations. They'd been underground, I'm not sure for how long, maybe six days, and they were all singing the Ukrainian national anthem. I swear it almost brought me to tears. The Russian military has concentrated its forces on capturing the Ukrainian capital of Kiev with a 40-mile convoy headed toward the city. ABC's Mick Mulroy says the first push toward the city wasn't successful. So they're trying to throw a lot of manpower against this problem, and they're trying to focus that manpower on Kiev, which is the center of gravity for the Ukrainians. 40-mile convoy. Mulroy says there are concerns the Russians will target civilians in their bomb and missile attacks. NATO's Secretary General says the alliance will not send troops into Ukraine to fight the Russian forces. At a news conference in Poland, NATO's Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg told reporters that NATO has for the first time deployed its response team in Europe. French troops are arriving in Romania as the lead elements of this force. He says NATO will continue to send weapons and other supplies to Ukraine. 
The Walt Disney Company says it will delay the release of its films in Russia because of the invasion. The films include Turning Red from Pixar. Disney says it will make future business decisions based on the evolving situation. The company also says it's working to aid refugees looking to flee the country as Russia continues its bombings. President Biden will address a joint session of Congress tonight. His speech comes amid Russia's ongoing invasion into Ukraine. The president expected to highlight his administration's steps to support Ukraine and punish Russia, while touting the united response from the West. ABC's M. Wynn says Biden will also talk about the economy and the effects of high inflation and high gas prices. Again, you can hear the president's speech tonight at 6 o'clock here on KFI. Well, masks in most indoor settings in California have been moved from required to strongly recommended. The state has also announced that starting March 12th, masks in schools and child care centers will be moved to strongly recommended as well. California Health and Human Services Director Dr. Mark Galley highlighted yesterday that these are statewide changes. Local jurisdictions, local health jurisdictions, in the case schools and school districts, may decide to keep or add additional requirements. L.A. County says it's aligning with the state on the updated school guidance. It says it will be giving an update on other changes today. Blake Trolley, KFI News. Five people have died at a church in Sacramento. There's an adult male, a father who has uh, shot and killed his three children. Sacramento Sheriff Sergeant Rodney Grassman says the other adult was the kid's chaperone who brought the kids to see their father at the church last night for a supervised visit. The pastor called police to report the shooting. The shooter shot himself before police arrived. A new state assembly bill in California would put more restrictions on who can have a gun. As we've seen throughout our country's history with gun violence, Allowing firearms in the hands of the wrong individuals can have disastrous effects. Democratic State Assemblyman Brian Mainshine from San Diego introduced AB 2239, which would strengthen the state's current ban on people convicted of specific misdemeanors from having a gun. 506 on your wake-up call. Aaron Katursky, good morning to you. Please start with the latest situation from where you are in Ukraine. Well, we know that uh, there have been a number of big explosions lately, uh, particularly in Kharkiv in the eastern part of the country, Jen. Uh, that's where a government administration building was targeted, and, and the blast is truly one of the biggest we've seen in the last six days of the fighting. A number of civilians were killed. The blast occurred about two hours after curfew, so people were already out, uh, and it followed some shelling of a residential area in Kharkiv yesterday including with what the Ukrainians say were cluster munitions to maximize casualties. The Russians have said they're trying to avoid civilian casualties by using guided munitions. But there's a real fear here that after some early missteps by the Russians in in the outset of the invasion, that they're now preparing something more fierce uh, that could devastate Ukraine. There's a 40-mile-long column of tanks and troops and artillery pieces now moving toward the capital. Yeah, because as of yesterday, I mean, a lot of people looked at it as it uh, Putin having egg on his face. Like you went in there with this sort of blitz that didn't work. You didn't realize the resolve of the Ukrainian people. And so if you're going to plan on getting this done, do something more. And apparently this morning, I mean, I'm looking at all these satellite images of this convoy that is heading that direction. And it looks ominous, honestly. 
Yeah, it is a sign, I think, that, that Russia is planning to get more aggressive, not less. Uh, and, and if they are really resorting to heavy artillery rather than, you know, precision-guided munitions, that's worrying for civilians who would be at even more risk when, when countries deploy that kind of weaponry. I was talking about those civilians earlier in bomb shelters or in these underground subway stations. Um, the rest of them, is it true, over 660,000 now have fled the country, and many of them are going to Poland, from what I understand. That's right. Uh, the the, uh, the UN now puts the, the number at 660,000. I'm sure it's even more than that since uh, since the UN put out that number. Uh, I just came from the train station in Lviv. Uh, there was a, a big train that had come from Kharkiv in the east, stopped in Kiev, and then uh, carried even more people to uh, here, uh, to Western Ukraine, for for a journey on to Poland or one of the other international borders. Uh, the the train was full. The conductor told me uh, people were, you know, it was standing room only and and packed tightly together, and the train has to go back uh, into these more violent and restive places. And before it did, I saw a number of volunteers filling it up with with. Uh, diapers and food and uh, and water because uh, they know people there who have not escaped are going to need resupply. Oh, absolutely. And that's got to be terrifying if you're somebody who's still trying to get out. Are there lines at the train stations? Oh, very much so. Very much so. You know, there's no, this is not like, you know, book your ticket in advance and try to get out. I mean, this is just Go wait on the platform and, and go yeah. and they've finally been able to get it a little bit more organized with the help of the police they're letting only women and children first uh, and then eligible men so oftentimes families are not together uh, and may not be for the foreseeable future uh, so it's very very difficult circumstances and w- when the people are standing there on these platforms do they seem desperate or are they calm and just saying we got to get out of the country right now i mean i guess what what is the feeling that you get when you go to these places like that first image that first snapshot that gives you a sense of what's happening there how how was that sort of for you it's it's really sad um you've just got entire families now generations of families standing there with whatever belongings they have pets kids um huddled together on a platform it's cold the there's no schedule uh, the train comes and and there's kind of a jostling to to get on there's probably not a seat uh kids are crying and and mothers are trying to to comfort them while also dealing with their own anxieties and emotions uh, probably the dad is not allowed to come because he's conscripted into the resistance and uh and 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 where are you going to an international destination with a different language and a different currency and no familiar face uh, on the other side. Um, it's very, very difficult. I, I wouldn't say it's, um, it's just sad. You know, yeah. it's just crowded and sad and quiet. All right, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. Stay safe, please. Thank you. See you later. ABC's Aaron Katursky. And it is. You see these, these um, images and you hear these different interviews with these people who are leaving. There was one woman I heard an interview with who was leaving Ukraine to go to Poland to meet up with her sister. Her sister lived in Poland. And she was asked, you know, oh, is this a sense of relief once she got into Poland? And she said, no, I'm so sad. I love Ukraine. I love, I believe she was from Kiev. I love Kiev. And it was just this, yeah, of course she seemed happy to be safe, 
But at the same time, imagine just having to walk away. Imagine something happening here in the U.S. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, go to Canada. Okay, go to Mexico. I mean, how how devastating that would be. Let's get back to some of these other stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The first trial for one of the people who participated in the riot at the Capitol is started. A man from Texas is accused of bringing a gun onto the Capitol grounds, interfering with police officers who were guarding the building, and threatening his own kids if they reported him to the cops. And it was his son who reported him to the FBI. And it is his son and daughter who will testify against him in this trial. A report says the LAPD bomb squad, which detonated a cache of illegal fireworks in South L.A. last year, ignored the warnings of an expert team member. The expert said the cache should have been broken up into smaller portions before it was detonated because it was too big for the containment vessel to control. A man from South L.A. is facing up to 20 years in prison for setting two pizza restaurants on fire during the summer riots of 2020. Prosecutors say Mario Alvarado admitted to spraying and igniting lighter fluid to start a fire inside the pizzeria Matza and the Matza to go on Melrose. The fire quickly spread and caused more than $300,000 in damage. Firefighters were able to knock down flames pretty quickly. Agents serving a federal search warrant in July of 2020 say they recovered the hat and T-shirt Alvarado wore on the night of the fire as well as a can of lighter fluid in the backseat of the Ford Focus he drove to and from the scene of the crime on the evening of May 30th, 2020. Steve Gregory, KFI News. Huntington Beach is planning to grow some green out of illegal pot delivery and illegal cannabis retail stores. We can tax and regulate something that's already happening in Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach Councilman Dan Kalmick says a new proposal being considered by the council today would ask voters for a retail tax on cannabis. Council will also decide what that tax will go to. And in my mind, I believe it should go to public safety and education. As well as homelessness, Kalmick says jobs are another benefit he noticed while touring a facility in L.A. There are a bunch of older folks rolling joints for 20 bucks an hour with a pension and full benefits. If voters approve the tax in June, Kalmick says it would serve as a green light for the council to adopt a legalization ordinance. In Huntington Beach, Corbin Carson, KFI News. And TikTok is giving more time to tell your story. The social media short-form video app has expanded the length of videos allowed from 3 minutes to 10 minutes. The move is believed to be an effort by TikTok to increase viewing time on the app and to compete more with YouTube. TikTok's trying to get creators to move their stuff from YouTube to TikTok, but it's not paying creators for their views like YouTube does. Longer viewing time also means making more money through ads on the app. Other platforms like YouTube, Instagram, and Snapchat have been doing the opposite with shorter form video options as they all try to hit that sweet spot of the perfect length. Michael Crozier, KFI News. AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to a Tuesday morning. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. And our top story on your wake-up call, the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. NATO Secretary General says the alliance will not send troops into Ukraine to fight the Russian forces. At a press conference in Poland, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg told reporters NATO has, for the first time, deployed its response team in Europe. He says NATO will continue to send weapons and other supplies to Ukraine. President Biden is just hours away from his first State of the Union address as the world is on alert. He's going to talk about, obviously, the war in Ukraine and the response to Russia's invasion. But his main focus will be on the economy. He's expected to unveil a plan for lowering prices amid this historic inflation and as we are struggling to emerge from the pandemic. 
And parents, beware, I've got another baby formula being recalled this morning. The FDA added another lot of Similac formula after a second baby died. The two other brands include Alimentum and Elicare. All three are made from Abbott Nutrition's facility in Michigan. The company says none of the products tested positive for a type of bacteria that can cause severe infections. 5.35 this morning, we're going to talk with ABC's Sarah Isker about tonight's State of the Union address. How does President Biden handle this? Because you have a lot of high-stakes State of the Union addresses, but in this case, he talks about what's happening not only in our world when it comes to inflation and the pandemic. He's got to talk about what's going on in Russia, and he's got to address what the U.S. is doing to help the Ukrainians and with it because of this invasion from Russia. So we've got a lot to get into when we talk with him in just a few minutes. Now, the company that owns an oil rig that leaked crude into the waters off of Huntington Beach has filed a federal lawsuit against two shipping companies. Amplify Energy claims it could have repaired the pipes and prevented a leak if the shipping companies had told that their ships had dragged anchors over the pipes and caused them to leak. Man, this is a big chicken or the egg. What came first in this situation? We know that the anchors dragged across the pipes probably caused the leaks, but did the boat or the ship owners know that those had been hit? Hard to say. Let's say good morning now to ABC's Tom Rivers. So, Tom, we've been watching as things unfold with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and it looks like now Russia has started to feel the effects of the sanctions. Tell us a little bit more about exactly what they're feeling. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, sanctions are, by definition, a pretty blunt instrument. And, yes, they're going over the uh, uh, trying to get to the billionaires, also the senior officials in the Kremlin, and, and that certainly is true. Now, if they're clever, they're going to move some of that money around or would have done so by now. But uh, guess what? It's affecting millions upon millions of average Russian citizens out there who are pretty angry, standing in line at, uh, at ATMs and uh, looking at their ruble, losing, what, about 30 percent. It's clawed back about 3 percent of that. That's all uh, kind of a dead cat bounce there. But uh, they're having that problem. Uh, interest rates have doubled overnight. So in essence, you know, for an average person, they're a bus driver, a school teacher, whatever. Uh, they probably have enough money for their rent and their utilities and, you know, just a few bucks for food this month. Uh, they're pretty angry right now. Are they against the Russian invasion of Ukraine in the most for the most part? And I know that they can't say anything for fear of being, you know, uh, accused of treason. But does it seem mm-hmm. that maybe from even an economic standpoint, even those who might have been in favor of this war are saying, never mind, this is it, this is too hard of an impact on us? Yeah, I think that eventually, I mean, it, it, that's where it's going to trend. But I don't think we're there yet. I think there's still tacit support for uh, for the uh, quote-unquote invasion at this stage. But you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, the long money goes to uh, getting really fed up and saying, you know, stop this. Uh, it, it's hurting us out in, out in the, uh, the cities and, and the rural areas as well. So uh, we're not there yet. But, uh, yeah, that, that could be something to be watching, certainly in the coming weeks. I know yesterday it was interesting to see as country after country said, "Okay, we are putting more sanctions on. And the one that kind of caught my attention, of course, was Switzerland, which gave up its neutrality. I mean, that's what Switzerland is known for. So I feel like when Switzerland, you know, all of a sudden digs its heels in and says no more to Russia, that is a statement in and of itself. 
Well, exactly. Again, you know, money's, <laughs> money's been hidden for decades upon decades in Switzerland, as you well know. No questions asked, just a lot of zeros. Let's open an account. Um, but, yeah, they basically used the template of the EU and said, uh, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's all laid out there. Let's just adopt all of these measures. So, yes, they're going after the same people, the same banks. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that you never see in neutral Switzerland, but we're seeing it right now before our very eyes. Yeah, because from what I understand, the banks in Switzerland are kind of the darling of the Russian oligarchs. So that's not good for them if they've got their money over there right now. Yeah, but again, as I said, you know, I mean, if, if you're a billionaire, you're pretty clever and you got people to move your money around, they can put it into a Chinese currency. Um, interesting aspect as well, uh, the highest amount of rubles going into cyber currency, Bitcoin, basically, uh, since May of last year. So people are seeing the writing on the wall and they're saying, you know what, let's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw it into uh, uh, Bitcoin for right now. I think, I think we can weather the storm better that way. So, uh, yeah, we're seeing a real change right now. And, uh, you know, these fiat currencies are certainly susceptible to these very, very strong sanction measures. And this is a case in point textbook example. All right, Tom, thank you so much for your time this morning. We'll talk again soon. Take care. See you later. That's ABC's Tom Rivers. But, you know, the even the support from the Russian people, and I understand what he's saying, that, of course, you're an oligarch. You know, people do your, you, you probably don't even really know where your money is. You just know it's safe somewhere. And that, uh, you know, Bob is is taking care of it for you. And occasionally you have to call him to get some money for whatever, you know, you're funding these days. But at the same time, when, when, how do I put this? When, I guess, you start to maybe have. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, hurdles to getting to your money. That makes a big difference. I'm under the impression oligarchs don't like hurdles. I'm under the impression that oligarchs like getting whatever the heck they want whenever the heck they want it. So even that could put some more pressure on Russia, on Putin specifically. Now, will it? Is it enough to deter anything? Absolutely not. But any way that they can just put their thumb, anybody, whether it be Switzerland, whether it be the U.S., whether it be NATO, whether it be the EU— can push their thumb down a little bit more on Russia. It's interesting to see if it's going to be militarily that they finally win Ukraine and then in that case they stop, or is it going to be all of these sanctions and there's a revolt from their own people? Probably the first part, but, you know, you never know. All right, interesting story out of Las Vegas where cops say that one of their own has been arrested for attempting to... Okay, I just gave you, I gave you, wait, I gave you everything you need to know about this. Las Vegas, police say one of their own has been arrested for attempting to rob a casino. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I think I'm smart enough to know if I tried to rob a casino, I'd get caught. And I would think that a police officer who knows all the security ins and outs of casinos would even be smarter than I am when it comes to trying to rob a casino. But apparently, I'm wrong about 33-year-old Caleb Rogers. He was off duty. And apparently, this happened. He's been with the Las Vegas Police Department since 2015. He serves as the Community Policing Division person. Authorities say he's been suspended without pay, pending a criminal and internal investigation. But he's been booked into jail for burglary burglary with a firearm, assault with a deadly weapon, and two counts of robbery with a deadly weapon. So, Caleb Rogers, you're the community policing guy. You see what goes on all the time. You have probably seen people arrested for doing exactly what you just tried to do, allegedly. And did you think you were smarter than everybody? Is that what this is saying? I don't know. Jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Ooh, the guy who just won a SAG award for best male actor yesterday, Will Smith. Congrats to him. I know he gets up early and listens to Wake Up Call. I mean, doesn't everybody? It's KFI AM 640 Live Everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This is your Wake Up Call for a Tuesday morning. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. Some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Russia's military assault on Ukraine has entered its sixth day with more than 70 Ukrainian soldiers Killed after Russian artillery hit a military base. But Russia's Air Force has yet to establish control of the skies. Still, there is a 40-mile Russian convoy headed toward the city and concerns the Russians will target civilians in their bomb and missile attacks. And police in Sacramento say three kids and an adult have been shot and killed at a church. The pastor called police about five last night to report the shooting. The shooter shot shot himself before police arrived. The shooter is apparently the father of the kids and had a restraining order against him. Police say the shooting happened during a supervised visit and the adult killed was the chaperone. Let's say good morning now to ABC's Sarah Isker. Sarah, tonight, State of the Union address, I bet has had to be rewritten a million times just over the last six days (laughs) by those poor speechwriters as they see what's unfolding in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. You know, the process for the State of the Union starts weeks and weeks in advance with every department turning in its biggest accomplishments, what it would ask the president to tout during his speech. And so I imagine they had to scrap the entire speech about two weeks ago, uh, which is, you know, (laughs) unfortunate for those hardworking speechwriters. But Joe Biden has a needle to thread tonight. He's going to start that speech by saying the state of our union is what? If he says strong like every other president, I think he risks a lot of people tuning him out for the rest of his speech. Like, if you think things are going well right now, you're not living in the same America that I am type idea. Uh, And so I think that how he starts that speech and the tone he approaches the American people with may set the tone for his presidency for the rest, you know, up until the midterm elections at this point. It's a high stakes speech, unlike, frankly, most State of the Union's for the last however many years. Uh, He'll have the largest audience since his inaugural address. This is his opportunity to, if not reset his presidency, I hate that term because, like, you can't reset your presidency with a State of the Union speech, but to signal that he's trying something different, moving to a different phase of his presidency, because the last six months in particular 
His approval ratings have plummeted now to 37 percent, according to the latest ABC poll. And that's not just driven by Republican opposition. That's Democrats leaving the president now. And so that's a problem he has within his own party that we've seen repeated. Multiple Democrats giving a response to a Democratic president's State of the Union's night. Really unheard of. Well, and it's interesting because usually this is a president's opportunity, like you said, to set the tone. But also it's that chance that they get to give the American people what they think they need to hear, to stress the good points that are happening. But when you have this giant cloud of inflation and the economy and high gas prices and, oh, add Russia, Ukraine on top of that, it's hard to point out the good things without having to explain the bad things. Exactly. And, you know, problems that presidents run into is that they like to take credit for things that are going well, that maybe aren't fully in their control. And if you're going to do that, you have to take credit for the things that aren't going well, that aren't fully in your control. Joe Biden didn't say, hey, let's try inflation. Uh, I don't think anyone thinks that he did. But if you're going to take credit for job growth, when in fact, it's just that everyone lost their jobs during the pandemic. And so some amount of job growth had to come back. But look, the job growth has even been better than expected in a lot of quarters. Um, But, you know, women aren't back in the economy at nearly the numbers that they were before COVID because childcare isn't back the way that it was before COVID because labor supply shortages, because inflation and all the way down. Uh, And so it'll be interesting to see how he can approach that. You know, they got rid of the mask mandate in the White House yesterday. Masks at the State of the Union will be optional. Is he going to say COVID's over? You know, he did that in July of last year and unfortunately then Delta hit and Omicron. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether he takes a more cautious approach this time or says, meh, that's it. Let's go. (laughs) Right. Let's go. Let's just do this. All right. And some of the detractors tonight, you know, on top of just the words that are coming out of his mouth, his demeanor, his delivery, everything on top of that, because there are a lot of people and not just Republicans, like you were saying, but Democrats who maybe thought I've got the best confidence in Joe Biden going into this. But a lot of people are now feeling like he might be in over his head. It's a big problem. It's not just about what he says. It's how he says it. You know, this is the first time that I can remember where America is really taking a secondary role in an international conflict. We have a land war in Europe and nobody's talking really about what America is doing. The EU is getting to flex its existence. I mean, really, it's the first time we've seen the EU as an entity acting together. Uh, and so, That's why I think Europe is getting that spotlight. Expectations are everything. But to have America play that secondary role, especially in the wake of Afghanistan, I think once again, it leaves Americans feeling like this isn't the role my country usually plays. This isn't the America that I sort of grew up with. And he's got to address that as well. All right, Sarah, a lot on the line tonight. We'll be watching it. We're carrying it live here at 6 o'clock on KFI. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. See you later. That is ABC's Sarah Isker. Yeah, it um, it's interesting because how do you as President Biden? OK, here, oh, let's do it this way. You're President Biden and you have to talk about what is the U.S. role in Russia's invasion of Ukraine. You are going to get detractors who say we shouldn't still be getting oil from Russia. You are going to get people saying we're not doing enough. You're going to get other people who say, I don't want any of our troops going in there. So, no, we're doing all that we can right now. Uh, You're going to have others say, absolutely not. I don't want America involved in another war. Yet, do we end up in this war by proxy, whether we want to or not? And it looks like that's the case. 
We are seeing the economic trickle-down effect already in the U.S. from what's happening. So what do you do? How do you? I would never want to be president. This is Joe Biden aside. This is any president, period. To mitigate the response of anger, fear, um, mitigate the response of what the economy is doing to people. How do you address it, set it aside, and then focus on the positive? I don't know how you do that. And now going back to Joe Biden, I don't know how you do that right now. With people paying nearly five bucks a gallon for gas. Let me see. What's our current price today? Our current price is $4.84 a gallon. We're going up by about a penny a day right now. So we're approaching five bucks. How do you explain to California that everything is fine and the economy is strong when we're paying five bucks a gallon for gas? When people are saying, you know what? I was going to take my family. I was going to drive over to the beach this weekend, but I can't because that would cost me, you know, 90 bucks round trip or whatever. I don't know. Um, It's very hard to stress what's going right when so much is going wrong. And he's got to say something about Russia and Ukraine and the U.S. role in it. So I'm looking forward to this State of the Union because it is so high stakes. Yes, during my time in news, I watch them all. I mean, that's my job is to watch them all. Some of them are snooze fests. Some of them, I look forward to hearing the content. Others of them, I look forward to watching the demeanor of the president to see if they will go off script, shall we say. This one in particular, I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at the demeanor of the president. I'm looking at the strength, the conviction with which the speech is delivered. I'm looking at the content of the speech. I'm going to be seeing what comes out of it regarding our role in the, in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I want to know when gas prices are going down. I want to know what's going on with inflation. So this one is important. Like Sarah was saying, we haven't seen a biggie like this in a long time. But tonight, what is said is going to impact you. And I know they all should. But a lot of times we kind of know going in what's going to be in a state of the union. We're not really in that dire of a situation as a country. Tonight matters. So I will, of course, we'll carry it live at 6 o'clock here on KFI. Conway will talk about it. And then I'll be first out of the gate tomorrow morning to talk more about it. So we'll go over it. But uh, yeah, please, if you're listening to Wake Up Call this morning, I hope you'll watch it tonight. And uh, I want to see what you think about it tomorrow morning. All right. Have you heard of Anastasia Lena? She is Ukraine's 2015 representative in the Miss Grand International Beauty Contest. She's got 200,000 followers on Instagram. Those are new followers, I should say. Since reports came out over the weekend that the beauty queen has taken up arms against Russia. So you've got Vladimir Zelensky, the president over here, who's being hailed as a hero of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But then this other person who's getting... This just international praise for bravery is Anastasia Lena. So here she is, a former beauty queen. And she took to social media over the weekend, declaring that everyone who crosses the Ukrainian border with the intent to invade will be killed. Then there was a photo of her brandishing an airsoft gun. That one, of course, also went viral. New fans 
I mean, like I said, 200,000 people just since this went out over the weekend. They're all trying to figure out more about this beautiful woman who graduated from college with a degree in marketing and management before pursuing work in public relations. And she says she longed for more excitement in her life. I worked in Turkey as a PR manager and I got so bored I asked myself, will life be so boring all the time? She decided to quit her career and pursue modeling full-time and now travels around the world, having recently jetted to Dubai before coming back to Ukraine for the invasion. But then she took to Instagram and said, you know what, I just want peace for all. I had a normal life on Wednesday like a million people. I am not military. I'm just a woman, just a normal human, human being, just a person like all of the people in my country. And now she's fighting for her country. Man. That's amazing. And finally, have you ever gone to a restaurant and got a lobster? You know how sometimes you go to the ones, I hate this, but, you know, you walk in and you point to a tank and that's the lobster that you eat. I hate that. Uh, But anyway, if you have ever done that and then they bring you the lobster, this is what happened to Michael Spressler of New Jersey. He goes to this restaurant and he takes a bite out of, I'm not sure what how he did this, but anyway, he thought he thought one of his molars cracked when I guess he bit down, I don't know, on the, the lobster somehow. Turns out that he bit into an 8.8 millimeter wide pearl while he was polishing off a dozen raw clams on the half shell. Oh, that makes sense. And this pearl apparently could be worth a hundred thousand dollars for this couple who went to this lobster house now imagine you go to some lobster house and there you are eating your uh you know i don't know half shell clams and all of a sudden you bite into that would you think to yourself that this is a pearl worth a hundred thousand dollars or would you just think to yourself oh well there's another pearl like they you know sell in hawaii all the time where you pick a pick a clam hope it's got a pearl in it kind of thing or an oyster That's what happened to this couple. I want to go to dinner sometime where it pays me back. Wouldn't that be nice? It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to a Tuesday. As Nick mentioned, it is Fat Tuesday. It's also National Fruit Compote Day. National Horse Protection Day, National Peanut Butter Lovers Day, National Pig Day, and my favorite, National Dadgum That's Good Day. Woo! We need to bring dadgum back. You know, there are just certain words that have gotten lost over the years. Dadgum That's Good. Let's get into some of your biz bites this morning. Also, just to recap what's going on, NATO's Secretary General says the alliance will not send troops into Ukraine to fight the Russian forces. At a news conference in Poland, the NATO Secretary General said for the first time that NATO has deployed its response team in Europe. And President Biden is just hours away from his State of the Union address. He'll talk about the war in Ukraine and the response to Russia's invasion. But his main focus will be the economy. All right. Speaking of Russia, GM has decided to stop exporting its cars to Russia. 
And cutting off the exports, though, will not be terribly costly to GM. It only sells about 3,000 vehicles a year there. I think it only has 16 dealer locations in Russia. But still, you know, it's a little bit of a hit. And if nothing else, the automaker says that it's halting exports to Russia until further notice. GM says, hey, look, we've got a limited supply chain exposure. It's been working to minimize any potential disruptions to its own parts. And it continues to monitor developments and take action through mitigation strategies as appropriate. Just one more way that another company is saying no. I remember yesterday I told you that BP had cut off its uh, its partnership with, I think it had a 20% stake in uh, Russian oil. I just saw this morning that Shell is doing the same thing. That Those kinds of things make a difference. So let's just see how the global economy starts to gang up on Russia and just say no to what it's doing in Ukraine. In the meantime, Airbnb is offering free short-term housing for 100,000 Ukrainians who've been displaced by this war. The stays will be funded by donations to the Airbnb Refugee Fund. Again, that's the Airbnb.org Refugee Fund, as well as help from hosts who are actually on the platform. I know that in time, some people just say, you know what, don't give us any money. I just want to open up my Airbnb to whomever I can help. Put a family in there. Put a couple families in there. You know, just get them off the streets and help them. Target. Oh, man. If only this had been around when I was young. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten into radio. (laughs) Target has boosted its starting pay. You know that it set its minimum wage in 2020 to 15 bucks an hour. And a lot of people were like, wow, that's an amazing salary, right? Well, now in some places, it's going to increase its starting pay to 24 bucks an hour. It's got over 350,000 workers and almost 2,000 stores in the U.S. And it knows that this is going to be an investment. But apparently it has had incredible rollover prior to the pandemic. The pandemic comes... People start hanging on because people were clinging to jobs as they, you know, obviously. Now you've got people still at those jobs. They stayed there at Target through the pandemic. But Target knows that it needs to be competitive. And it's trying to keep that turnover from happening again as we emerge out of the pandemic. 24 bucks an hour. Not bad. And your beer prices. I'm sorry. Happy hour might get a little less happy because prices for many products, obviously, have been rising over the past year. But because of the Russian invasion on Ukraine, it's caused many people to, as we talked about yesterday, boycott the Russian vodka, even though most of it is made in the U.S. or outside Russia. But the conflict may have an impact on beer drinkers as well, because barley is one of the key ingredients in making beer, right? Barley is heavily produced in Ukraine. In fact, the region's often called the breadbasket of Europe. Because of the high amount of grain that's grown there. And Ukraine exports a significant percentage of barley that is used globally. I think it's about 20% globally of beer's usage of barley comes from Ukraine. And when you have a country like this, not focused on getting any exports out, probably can't get them out right now. It's unclear how it might hike prices on your beer in the future. This is KFI and KOSTHD2 Los Angeles. I'm Jennifer Jones Lee. This has been your wake up call. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.